If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this super fun express episode of Mind Pump. Woo! So first we do our introductory portion of this episode. That's where we talk about our lives and current events and studies. Then we get into the fitness questions. This is where our audience asks us questions about their health and fitness, and we answer them to the best of our ability. We answer the hell out of it. Here's what we did in the first part of this episode, the intro portion of this episode. We started by talking about Adam escaping his house and going over to the beach. That's a nice place to escape to. It was really hot at his house. We talked about how PRX is going to be outfitting uh, Adam's wife's work. Her work is building a new gym for the employees, and it looks like they're going to be going to PRX because they make phenomenal- It only makes sense. Equipment. And now, PRX, you can use in your home. They have squat racks that fold into your wall. They have a low profile. They're also extremely sturdy, and they come with payment plans. So instead of paying your gym every month, why not have your home gym- and pay them every month. Then you know you can work out naked if you want. It's my favorite workout, by the way. Oh, yeah. uh, PRX is one of our sponsors. If you go to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump and use the promo code mind pump, you'll get 5% off your total purchase and a free MAPS Prime program. Oh, and this is only for purchases over $500. Then I talked about the macros of skinny dipped almonds. Skinny dipped almonds are delicious. Chocolate coated almonds. I love them. That their macros are almost is the same as regular almonds. In other words, you could have chocolate almonds if you're willing to eat another five grams of carbs. That's it. That's how awesome they are. Now, Skinny Dipped is one of our other sponsors. If you go to skinnydipped.com forward slash mind pump and enter the code mind pump, you'll get a full 20% off. Then I talked about the greatest cinematic uh, movie of all time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll. Rocky. Yeah. What a great great love story, right? Yeah, it's, there you go. <laughs> I talked about the cholesterol meta-analysis. It's not as bad for you as you've been led to believe. Uh, we talked about the show on Netflix. It's a, like a docu-series called The Mind Explained. This thing will blow your mind, literally. Great, great information. I talked about an article about a surprise baby a couple did in vitro fertilization, and what came out was not what they expected. Also, I would like to announce that we have a new YouTube video up on our Mind Pump TV channel teaching you how to start bench pressing. So if you want to start bench pressing or you want to maximize your bench press, make sure you go to Mind Pump TV and check out that video. I also have another announcement. We are still selling tickets for our live event in San Jose with Mike Matthews. There's only 15 tickets left. Oh, sweet sassafras. So we've expanded it, and now we have 15 left. It's first come, first serve. Here's what you do to get the tickets. Go to mindpumplive.com and get yourself a seat. Then we got to the fitness portion of this episode. The first question, how and when should one use cheat reps? So cheat reps is when your form gets a little sloppy. It's not when you work out with you your boyfriend. you cheating boy on me, bro? Yes. It's not when you're working out with your boyfriend or your mistress. Yeah. It's when you're working out on your own and your form goes a little off. Is there any value there? Next question. This person has a labor-intensive job, and they want to know on what kind of exercises and movements they should focus on to help them improve their fitness, but also complement their work. Next question. This person is a college track and field athlete, and their coach told them, hey, you shouldn't have any sex or masturbate for five days before a competition because it keeps your testosterone high. Like, ah, oh, come on, coach. We've heard athletes say this before. Uh, boxers are known to uh, become abstinent for uh, you know a, a little while before a fight. Is there science to support this, or are they just killjoys? Hang up the lotion. And the final question, this person wants to know what we think about chiropractors. Are regular adjustments good for you? Do they help with your mobility? You'll love that part of the episode. We get real fired up. Ooh. Also, this month, MAPS Starter is 50% off. Now, Map Starter is a great program for those of you who want to get started with resistance training. If you want to get started but you don't know how, but you want to reap all the benefits of, of lifting weights like more muscle, more fat loss, faster metabolism, better mobility, get this program. This program was designed for you. Here's the best part. You won't even need to go to the gym. All you need is a physio ball and dumbbells, and you can do the entire workout. Mm, that's if, why I like it. Now, if you're advanced and you're like, that's not for me, I'm advanced. 
you have a family member that needs to lift weights and you know it, you want to help them out, get this program. This program is a great, a great way for them to get started. It's also, again, it's, it's great. 50% off. I thought you'd catch that. No. Just go to mapsstarter.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com and use the code STARTER50. Pass me the grape juice. <laughs> S-T-A-R-T-E-R-5-0, no space, for the discount. T-shirt time! And it's T-shirt time! Oh, shit, Doug, you know it's my favorite time of the week. Dude, my hair blows off every time he does that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had four winners this week. Two for iTunes, two for Facebook. The winners on iTunes, Twitch, F4C, Daisy, Cacho. For Facebook, we have Sarah Holdaway and Bobby Plate. To get your T-shirt, send an email to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Include the name I just read, as well as your shirt size and your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Well, you look really nice. What, me? Uh, yeah. You like my jacket? You kind of have the, the, the cholo Everything vibe. looks good. You know what he looks like? He looks like a, uh, you're right, kind of cholo-ish, but very cholo. nice cholo-ish. I like it. No. Because no. I was going to buy that. I, I love this. Which, where's that from? That's the Viore. That's, 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 that's the new jacket. Oh, my God. I've been waiting we're to wear even, it. We're not even supposed to do a commercial right now. No, yeah. I know. It's not you a commercial. shouldn't have worn that today. Well, that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> it's well, it's got our, good stuff. It was our first, uh, I mean, what a weird four, it lasts, what, three days or four days? So Friday, I don't know if you guys saw, I took off to Sanctuary again. Mm-hmm. But so Friday we- Unplanned. Yeah, <laughs> totally unplanned. Friday we go to Katrina's mom's house for uh, just a, a dinner. Like the whole family got there, and we were all hanging out because we do that all the time there. So we're there till like I want to say like eight thirty at night. Now Friday was the day here in San Jose that we hit a hundred. We haven't hit a hundred, I think, all like summer, mm-hmm. right? This was oh, our, our first hot like, as balls. Yeah, I think I even hit a hundred too. <laughs> it's just right, just balls hot, <laughs> just balls. Is like, Santa Cruz ta- now? Santa Cruz balls. is always a little bit cooler though, right? So no. Oh, really? So when we're in hundred two, you you're hitting. It, yeah, it goes back and forth. Like sometimes we're ten degrees hotter over there than over here. You no know? way. I'm serious. Was it hotter Friday? Yeah, but so like right now it's it's raining really hard and it's not really raining here. Mm. Um. So yeah, it, it's like it, it's weird. There's a little bit of a difference. So on Friday was our 102 day. We're at her mom's house till. 8 30 9 o'clock at night we come home and my house is still 85 degrees and i'm like and right. this and your ac is yeah. done it's yeah. still broken yeah it's still broken so Ugh. it's still we haven't got it fixed and of course it's probably gonna get fixed this week which i think we have a cold front coming through right now of like would you sleep in the garage no what we did is i told i looked at katrina because this was like our first weekend we didn't have to be somewhere or we didn't have plans already <laughs> but, uh, it, but but you have no AC and it's hot as fuck yeah it's no AC we're gonna be so it was like honestly my plan was to kind of lounge around all weekend look forward to watching football Sunday and I'm like 85 in my house like no way dude I'll be miserable so I, I asked her I'm like hey how how fast do you think you can be ready she's like why I'm like let's go back to sanctuary and she's like are you serious right now I'm like, yeah. I said, we'll just load the dogs up. We'll load, we'll load Max up. Throw some shit in there, and we'll just go. Yeah. And we'll book a room on the way there. And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking serious. She's like, I could be ready in 30 minutes. So we put everything in the truck. That's every we'll- woman's dream, by the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Husband comes home. You know, 30 minutes, be ready. We're going somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> So we hopped in. She just, broke the she broke the AC. We just yeah right. She's like I don't mind living in a room, work. living in a road by the beach in a fireplace. <laughs> yeah. All, yeah, rough life. Right? How was it up there? Oh, it was beautiful. Was it was it? perfect. Yeah, uh, sixty nine degrees. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was yeah. nice. The coastal breeze It was great. See, I I picked this weekend, and I didn't realize the the heat. I picked uh, to go hiking this weekend. At the Pinnacles. You ever hike at the Pinnacles? That's your spot. Long time ago. Pinnacles is beautiful. Great. It's a wonderful um, park, but it's also 10 degrees hotter on the hikes than it is everywhere else. Because it looks like Mars. If you go to the Pinnacles, it's like rock and really cool hikes, but also very, very hot. So we're up there and we're hiking and I'm like, we're going to go fucking, you know, I'm thinking in my head like, yeah, we're going to hike all day. We're going to do all kinds of exploring. Nah, man, we were there for an hour, hour yeah. and a half. Everybody <laughs> just melted. We were hot, dude. My cousin, I look back at my cousin, and she was just, her face was just red. Was, it, like, was it you and Jessica, or did the kids go too? No, me, Jessica, my cousin, uh, Daniela, and then her boyfriend, Joseph, uh, which I, I mean, you know, my, my, my cousin, Daniela, growing up, I didn't have a, 
super close relationship with her, but her and Jessica have gotten close, so now I'm getting close to her. And her boyfriend is this really brilliant engineer, super smart dude from Ireland who, like, for fun, I think I told you guys about him. He, when he was a kid, for fun, he didn't want to take out the garbage, so he just designed an automated machine that would drive the garbage out to the curb <laughs> and then come engineers. back. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then someone stole it. <laughs> And so then what he did was is he, was is he said, you know what? I got to figure out a way to get this to do it, but without garnering too much attention. So yeah. he designed the machine to move so slowly that it doesn't look like it's moving, but we'll get there in time. Oh that way God. nobody steals what's underneath the garbage. So it just Shut looks like there's a garbage. Solving problems that uh, didn't need to be solved. Super smart, yeah. dude. Yeah, super Are smart. Are you serious? Dude. Yes. That's great. That's that- like my na- my neighbor down the street. He's a robotics engineer. Same kind of mentality. Yeah, like, dude. He's showing me all these things he just built. And I'm like, Why? <laughs> he's like what do you mean why like you know you just they, they just want to build things they love it yeah but anyway the hike was great but it was too damn hot man i picked the wrong week and now it's raining what the fuck's going on that's here? what i'm saying it was a weird we went from 102 to today i'm wearing a jacket because it was raining this morning so cool. it's been crazy you know what else this weekend uh that i thought was kind of cool katrina's uh work actually gave her uh you know basically full reign on um designing their gym Oh, cool! That's yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, so it looks like it's a yeah. It looks like it's about three or four thousand square feet. Wow, really? Mm. Yeah, it's that's a, deep, a big that's a good company size. gym. Yeah, no, they just. Uh, I mean, they're they're they keep growing. I mean, her company has been exploding for quite some time, and they just. I think they just took over. You know where they're at, right? Over the earthquakes, mm-hmm. over, over there by the San Jose earthquakes. Yeah, I know that. All those major buildings that are over there. Is that by Coleman or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah back over there, they they just they're taking over a whole another massive building, and you know, getting everyone's. Getting Dude, it. is she connecting? I'm she gonna outfit it with PRX? Yeah, actually, she is. So she, we actually, she had me uh, this weekend. That's what reminded me of this is that we were on the website. Because she was talking about like all these different areas, and I'm like, you know what you should do, um, so you can save space and do more stuff is do the PRX racks. Yeah. So you can actually have at least one or two of those racks inside there. It'll fold out of the way, so then you have floor space to do whatever. You know why that's also smart? Besides the space, is that people who tend to use squat racks are usually the more serious people working out, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of people that aren't serious, so it's nice to, the serious person is going to fold it out when they want to use it, and then they'll fold it back, and then, because you guys know how it is when you go to these gyms, these company oh, yeah. gyms, they usually have only machines. Treadmills, dump, yeah, and that's about it. Because that's what people want to use. They're, they're Stretching not mats, yeah. But if you're like serious into working out, you want a squat rack. Well, so I, the way, so I was like working with her on the layout, and what I, I'll show you guys, what, what do you think, but. What looks really cool is they had this area that he have de- they designated that they thought oh, said they oh they want to do this for a stretching area that's just kind of f- empty floor space, so that's where I'm, I'm actually going to put the squat rack there because mm-hmm. you know you can push like you're saying when it's somebody who wants to do yoga right there mm-hmm. or stretch or do ab work on the floor they can do that. Now these are these are the ones with the safeties right? These are the cages yeah. with, with yeah. Safety. So See, that's what you want. She's also going to do the. Uh, I mean, they're going to do the full blown like there's you, you know on PRX they have all these different packages. Yeah. And it's like the biggest package that includes like all, all the weights and everything. Yeah, else all the weights, the yeah. dip bar thing, the uh, I mean, even yeah, the, that's the way to go. Yeah, because you're gonna want all that stuff eventually. So if you do it all at once, you save a lot more. And that it's way. and it's quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all I was, super quality. I actually was talking to a guy, like one of my good friends too, who was outfitting. Like he just bought this like big. Uh, it's like a work shed that you can get like at a Home Depot or at like a Lowe's or whatever. And, uh, like, I forget the dimensions, but it's just big enough to where it's basically like a quarter of this room. And I was like, dude, you have to look at, at PRX. I've seen a couple people do this now where in the in their backyard, because they don't have a garage, they put up this, like, work shed, and it's, like, the perfect size. Oh, my God, that's brilliant. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you get the squat rack, you can put a platform in there, and then you got dumbbells over Bro, that's a pop-up gym. It's just, like, boom, ready to go. And I never thought of that. Yeah. Now, how does the rack work with that? Because the, sh- the sheds aren't, like... You bolt them to the side. Yeah, you, you have to bolt. It. So there's one that had like like steel beams mm. that you can buy. That's you uh, anchor them in the ground. You anchor them. Yeah. So I mean, there's a way to do it. Obviously, that would be the concern is making sure it's secure. But there's a way to do it. I've seen it them. Looks on the, cool. I've seen them on people's back of their house. Yeah. So if you have like an overhang, oh, that too. Yeah. You know, like that's a, cool. Yeah, and just put it against the, the now, back of the house, which I think is super cool. Do you guys like lifting weights 
uh, outside. If I had something like that, 100%, 100% I would do that. That's my favorite. Especially living here in California yeah. where yes. we have great weather. Yeah, that yeah. is my favorite way to work out. It, it, it harkens back to when I was a kid working out in my backyard when my dad had his basic weight set and I would take the weights and I always, he had a patio cover. But I always would take the weights out to the lawn yeah. when I would do curls or tricep extensions or overhead presses because I loved being in the sun. And now we know that the sun has got some anabolic properties. Old school bodybuilders used to always, it's all the guys at Venice Beach, all, you know Arnold and all his buddies or whatever, after they lift, they would go out and lay out in the sun yeah. and they would write about how they would notice improvements in recovery and strength. I did this as a kid and then I did it again when I had my studio, because I had a gap, I would always create a, a two to three hour gap in, in the middle of my day. I would always lift and then I'd do this uh, four mile walk outdoors with my shirt off after I was finished my workout. Oh, you've been advocating for that since we started the podcast. Dude, I love outdoor workouts. It's one of my absolute favorite things. Um, oh, um, I looked up, I was doing a comparison for uh, a client that I used to work with for snacks. So this person was looking for a small like something I can eat when I'm driving because I get real hungry between my commute from work till I get to home. And I said, you know, you can wait to get home. And and he said, yeah, but I like to eat things while I'm in the car and keeps me awake. Sometimes I'm tired. So we were talking about easy to, you know, eat and consume snacks or whatever. So I told him about skinny dipped almonds. And then I compared the macros of one ounce of almonds, regular almonds to one ounce of skinny dipped almonds. Do you know what the, now remember, consider this. So, you know, for the listeners who don't know, Plain almonds versus thinly chocolate-coated almonds. That's what skinny-dipped almonds are. You want to know the differences in macros for an ounce? How much? Five grams of carbs. That's it? That's it. Just five? Five grams of carbs. Huh. That's wow. it for an ounce. So you're basically, what is that? How many more calories is that? 20? Yeah. Something like that? That's it's like crazy. nothing. It's like nothing. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like barely powdered on there. Like, you know, if you if you, if you you taste it, it's like, uh, I mean, but it tastes just like it's fully covered I, in chocolate. I prefer it that way. Yeah. You ever get chocolate almonds and then the, the almond is like, the chocolate part is that's like how most of, of the damn- That's how most of them are. Yeah, it's like I mean, chocolate with before, almond. A bit before almond. being introduced to these, that's the only chocolate almonds I had. And because I'm not just like a, a big chocolate eater where I want like a big- Ton. Yeah, a ton of chocolate. I've never been into chocolate almonds at all because it's mostly chocolate with a little bit of almond where- they flipped it on its head, and it's the opposite, where it's mm -hmm. mostly almond. You have just a little bit of the chocolate coating on there. Yeah, I think? had to double check because I was like, but yeah, that's not bad at all. Five well, grams. I knew the macros were good. I mean, that's kind of part of their brand, right? That's yeah. why they're called skinny dipped, is because they have, you know, lower in sugar, lower in, in, in you know, the calories are, are not that big of a difference at all from regular almonds. Right. So I knew that was their thing, but I didn't realize it was that. I mean, five grams of carbs. Like I was on the, the peppermint ones this morning. I didn't real. I didn't. I hadn't had those ones yet. I thought I had all of them, but I guess I hadn't had the, the peppermint. dark chocolate peppermint. Yeah, the, is it good? Oh, it goes great with coffee too. Oh, uh, yeah. so the dark chocolate, the dark, 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 <laughs> dark, 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 dark. Oh, Give me three times, <laughs> yeah. I'll get it. Dark chocolate peppermint ones. I like as much as the mint. The mint ones and those are my two favorite. Now. I still like the raspberry. Yeah, mm. I'm still. You can I'm, have those too. I'm glad. Stay that's away it. from my peanut butter. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, I want to settle an old uh, debate. Oh, wow. Between yeah. who? Uh, between you and I, Oh, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Did the forum I'm spark glad, this? I'm glad like... you asked. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. So uh. <laughs> a long time ago, uh, I don't know what episode it was. It was probably around 100, maybe even before that. Oh, my God. Ooh, let's see how this goes. We talked about we argued a lot one of then. the greatest movies of all time. Oh, oh God. Here we go. A cinematic. Don't bring up that argument it's again. It's a love story. Movie. Ever. Right. Is that that was your argument? Yeah, I mean, winner of Academy Awards, you know, written by an unknown person who won an award for the acting, the screenplay won awards. It's a great movie. I We're mean, talking it's... about Rocky. Yeah, yeah. The original. <laughs> Forget all the sequels. Okay. Yeah. I'm talking about the first Rocky, the one that just blew everybody's minds at the Academy Awards in 1976, yeah. I think it was. And the the debate we had when we were talking about it, because I consider myself a Rocky expert. Um, I'm also I'm also Italian, so that kind of puts me at a different yeah. <laughs> a different yeah. level. It's kind of in the genetics. I the, remember this argument. Do you now. remember this? Yes. The I debate do. was, uh, you know, I said Rocky. Really, if you really look at it, it's a love story. It really is. It's a love story between Rocky and Adrian. And Adam said. 
It's a boxing movie. It's all about <laughs> boxing. So anyway, I watched it with Jessica for the first time. She never watched Rocky. And did you get some afterwards? Yeah. Huh? Did you get some afterwards? Yeah, <laughs> it worked. Come yeah. on, dude. No. No, we watched it. We watched it. She'd never seen the movie before. So we're watching. And I was so excited because she's the one that brought it up. So I was like, what? Let's do this. So we watched it. And um, at the end of Rocky, here's what confirms my what I say. At the very end of the first Rocky, do you remember what happens? I don't. Tell me. Okay. So at the very end. First of all, the whole movie's about this down and out guy or whatever. Yeah, Something like that. Super down and out guy, whatever, uh, you know, 30 years old, washed up, gets the chance to fight the champion. Uh, and then he meets Adrian and all that stuff. At the very end, he goes the distance with the world champion. He's a total unknown. He's like an amateur boxer, kind of a bum or whatever. Goes the distance with Apollo Creed. Right. At the very end, they're calling out the card, split decision. That's in the background. All you hear is him calling for Adrian and for her coming through the crowd to meet with him. And you almost don't even realize what happened. But at the very end, you hear that Apollo Creed won the split decision fight. But that's not the focus. The focus is on Rocky and Adrian wow. in the ring. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. So I asked Jessica. I said, "Would you?" She, she was like, "Who won?" And She's I'm like, like, "One of the best romance movies I've ever seen in my life." So is that what she said? Yeah. She said, "It is a love story." <laughs> She's like, "It's almost as good as Twilight." It yeah. is a love. <laughs> 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 Fuck off. Watch it again. I love Rocky. I'm just joking. No. I love it too. But I remember that. Watch debate. the first one. Yeah, but I like a that love. Debate. Yeah, I'll have to watch it to confirm that. I am so excited to watch part two with her because I think part two, in my opinion is almost if not better than part one especially the part where Adrian comes out of the coma remember that do you guys remember that part powerful dude remember that and she tells Rocky to go fucking win and he just becomes a tornado oh my god I love the dialogue I'm gonna start crying right now between them it's 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 making me it's making me emotional Uh, almost very very hey didn't you you have a good study for us this morning yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh dude yes I did that's right I don't want to tell you guys I want to wait till the podcast yeah let me pull it up there was this huge cholesterol paper that was actually printed uh it was done back in 2018 you said it was Wait, a, a meta analysis right yeah it would, you had to hear sal like reading this like and he's no yes no you can't, you can't believe it like he's like reading it to himself yeah like, so this was a, this was a comprehensive review of the current literature so what these scientists did is they went in and reviewed current literature on cholesterol and here's some of the findings that they found and what they found was a lot of the studies that showed that cholesterol was bad, having high cholesterol, this, that, and the other said the studies were done poorly and they were cherry picking. So when we look at all the data, here's some of the stuff that they found. There's no association between total cholesterol and degree of arthro- arthrosclerosis. So that's the, 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 the clogging of the arteries. So they found no degree. It's actually what they found. There was a 2% increase in one study, um, but not a big deal. They also found that uh, uh, the the support that the support for high cholesterol being bad for you was uh, was was supported by fraudulent fraudulent reviews of the literature. So wow. they were like, "Yeah, we didn't see like real good evidence at all." Wow. The association between total cholesterol and cardiovascular disease is weak, absent, or inverse in many studies. Do you know what that means, inverse? The opposite. <laughs> yeah. That means in some studies, they found that people with higher cholesterol had better cardiovascular health than people with lower cholesterol in some studies. So at the very least, what you can take from this is it's, it's not really, it's, it's not that. Well, yeah. are, they, are they pinning down the, the cause of the plaque? Well, uh, cholesterol acts like an antioxidant, and in particular, LDL, the bad cholesterol, it's, uh, it goes up and tries to fight. Inf- it's very important. So when you have low LDL, your rate of infection goes up and so does your rate of cancer. Hmm. So it's almost as if that goes up to help meet some kind of an infection or-, or like an immune response? Some kind of an insult in the body. Yes. Huh. How crazy is that? I've but- always wondered that because it, this has been a tough one for me because my grandpa died of uh, you know heart attack and they attributed it to- high cholesterol. Mm. And so that was always one of those. And I'm trying to like explain, uh, cholesterol to my, to my parents and that, you know, yeah, well, I don't know that that's the actual cause. Like, I well, don't, I don't know that's the case now. Well, trip off this and this, I've known this statistic for a long time. I'm going to read right off the study. So I don't mess this up. Total mortality among those with LDL levels below 105 milligrams per deciliter. So Below 105, people, this is LDL. I'm not talking about total cholesterol. I'm talking about the bad cholesterol. Total mortality with people whose levels were below 105 
was twice as high as com- when it compared to those with a higher LDL, even after they adjusted, uh, after they did an adjustment for confounding variables. Hmm. So having really, really low LDL, total mortality goes up, wow. which is the opposite. And they said it's been suggested that the inverse causation explains the inverse association between mortality and LDL. For example, cancer and infections lower LDL. A more likely explanation is that cardiovascular disease may be caused by infections and that LDL directly inactivates almost all types of microorganisms and their toxic products. So you got to ask yourself why we focus so heavily on cholesterol in modern medicine. Eat your whole eggs, kids. And I think it's because they we came up with a medicine that effectively lowers cholesterol. Yeah. So it became beneficial to make that such a strong focal point because we got a medicine that lowers it. So right. if we demonize it, now you've got an easy solution. So Take this pill. Yeah, those when, were metrics that were easy to, to translate to patients. Now, when you read that, does that mean that statins are completely obsolete? So from what I have read, and I am not an expert in this, I'm not a doctor in this, but this is based off of what I've read, that there's a small percentage of people that may benefit from taking statins. Um, and that is, from my understanding, people who have suffered from heart attacks already. Other than that, there seems to be uh, no benefit based off of what I've read. Now, if you're if you're listening and you're a scientist, you're somebody who's an expert in this field, I would love to, for you to DM me uh, some other information. Um, but no. Um, and you know, statins have their own problems because they, they, they stop the production of cholesterol in the liver. They can also cause the, the depletion of key nutrients like CoQ10 um, and the weakening of muscles and maybe even uh, increasing risk for certain degenerative disorders of the brain and nervous system mm. because cholesterol is such an important... It's an essential... It's so essential for humans that our body makes it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We would you would 100% die without it. Now, do you guys have anybody close? Like Justin, you mentioned your family, but that seems like it was probably a while ago. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was do, it, do you guys have anybody that's recently gone to the doctor that's being prescribed statins? I, I don't know anybody right now that's. I don't uh, have anybody in my family. Not statins? No. I definitely blood pressure medication. Like my my dad's on this, and I'm trying really hard to get him more active to where you know that can be something that we eliminate, you know, in mm. terms of like medication. Blood pressure medication's got good results, but if you obviously you want to lower your blood pressure naturally. Naturally. Right. But you don't want high blood pressure. So those yeah. medications actually have a, a lot of value. Sure. Uh, but cholesterol is one of those things. It's very controversial. Um, and, uh, it, you know, again, you can find studies that show that low cholesterol, low LDL, bad for total mortality. Yeah. And some of the longest living people on earth, when they test their cholesterol, seem to be much higher. Um, there's one theory that I read that the the plaque that they see in the arteries is your body's attempt at repairing inflammation in the artery, almost like it's spackling the walls to try oh. and protect it. Huh. And if you don't fix whatever the problem is, of course, that can get out of hand and cause a blockage or cause uh, you know a rupture of uh, you know part of the the like there's little like inf- inflammatory I don't know what to call them what they would be like a little bubble that bu- that happens inside the artery and then when that ruptures that can cause problems as well but it's far more complex than a lot more to the story than what we were uh, told I guess huh well if statins were the answer we would see tr- you know dramatically lower rates of of you know of 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 cardiovascular disease and heart disease but we're not seeing that we're not yeah. seeing these huge reductions so and you know I used to train um, a few vascular surgeons and they even told me that the the survival rate and the treatments that we have now when you have heart attacks uh, have, have completely revolutionized how long people survive but they'd say a, a large part of that has to do with the way that they can put stints in the modern operating procedures that they can do mm. with the heart and they said that really does that's really amazing you know medicine but yeah. the statins it's kind of Eh, kind of inf- iffy, yeah, yeah. isn't it? Kind of interesting. Have you guys checked out? Uh, speaking of interesting things, the uh, the Mind Explained. It's like a series on Netflix that does like twenty minutes long. Oh my god, I love it! I like just pieces. watched. I just watched a couple of those episodes. Yeah. I watched the I think the psychedelic one and then the memory one. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I, I watched the it. memory one and then one all about anxiety. And it was so enlightening, like, especially like the, the, the memory one, of course, as far as like the memory being so fallible and like all those studies they found with like Dude, eyewitness accounts. This is stuff. a real statistic. Yeah. After one year, if you, something happens and you have a memory based on it, right? After one year, about 50% of the details are off or wrong. Yeah. 50% right after away. one year. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that degrade. crazy? There's a chart where everything degrades and it's, it's, you could literally like track it. But you know what doesn't change? 
your confidence in the memory. Yeah. yeah. How fucked up is that? It's a lot like Adderall, right? right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm more productive. I'm so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm you so just, awesome. No, you just feel good. Yeah, you suck. Isn't that wild? No, it's super crazy. Yeah. So you know what influences your... Because I did some... That, that episode in particular blew me away because... One thing that I always try to do is examine my own self-confidence with certain things. Because right. you ever find yourself where, like you'll say- Like thinking that Rocky's a love story? Yeah. No. Well, I, wa- <laughs> I watched it last night. I watched it last night. I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the yeah, boss. No, no. You, 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 you ever do this where you- and, and you know, this happens more often now that we record our podcast and stuff, where you're so sure that you said something or did something. Oh, yeah. You're oh, 100% yeah. positive. Oh, yeah. And then everybody else is like, no, you didn't. And then you listen to it and you're like- what? I, I didn't? I did say that. I totally was 100% confident. Mm-hmm. That's a scary place to be. Yeah. Think of all the shit you could fuck up or whatever. Did you guys see the the girl that they highlighted in there? The memory girl that could do, uh, what she do? Insane. It was like 20,000 20, uh, numbers. 20,000 like numbers. She memorized them in 10 minutes or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That is insane. And I was thinking immediately of, of Jim Quick and we had him on the show and all those she same would, tricks. She would eat Jim well, Quick Well, she would eat for him for lunch. lunch. I know. She's the world champion. <laughs> but I'm saying, what I'm saying is like her techniques of like yeah, how yeah. she, you know, built associations with, with each one of the numbers. She changed them to like a sound and, and, uh, and then also like created a whole story. So she was walking, you know, going through like all these numbers. Well, they made a very good point in that, in that, uh, think about, uh, memorizing 50,000 numbers. You know, could you ever imagine memorizing 50,000 numbers? Well, people memorize. Yeah. People Mm -hmm. memorize 50,000 words all the time. You see people who know all the words to a play. Yeah. It's very easy. And so they were showing how the memory works and that we remember words and associations. Like if I gave you 15 words to memorize, if you put them all in a sentence, even if it was weird or whatever, you'd remember them versus if they were just random. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, I wonder about that too. Like in terms of like if we're in conversation and there's certain facts and things floating around, like how good the memory is. If you're like one of those people that has this whole process of creating all this dialogue and association, mm-hmm. like how good your memory is with just like, you know, random things coming at you. Yeah. I, I, the, the, the thing that was really cool about the, the or, or that made me think a lot about the memory one was just that. <clears throat> how wrong we often are and how right we think we are yeah. all the time. That's well, just scary. I mean, especially for people that are wrongfully imprisoned. Oh. Uh, it's just, it's maddening. Did you know that that a significant percentage, I don't remember what it was, it was something like 40% of people who were on like death row or jail for life were getting exonerated through DNA evidence. And, yeah. all, and they were all eyewitness. They were all put to jail because yep. people saw them. That was the standard back then. What else did they have? You yeah, know? this is this is 100% the reason why I don't support the death penalty because I know we fuck up. Yeah. So if we accidentally kill someone that was innocent, which we have, yeah. we totally have. I'm, I'm, I'm against so it. That's crazy. There was one common theme among a lot of the episodes and that was uh, mindfulness. Oh, yeah. How being mindful dramatically improves your memory, reduces anxiety. That was um, the one about anxiety, too. And they were they were bringing up a good one. point about with anxiety, how it's it's not like a new thing that, that all of a sudden. I mean, yes, it, it's more apparent to us now because we think we're so bombarded uh, with, with this work schedule. But, you know, back in the 20s and 30s, like they were dealing with anxiety. They're taking, you know, alcohol with with opiates and things to, <laughs> yeah. to cope with it. You yeah. know, they called it uh, American uh, American. Americanitis, I think. There was actually a name for example. Well, the, yeah. the TED Talk that I had watched, I mentioned recently, he talks about the importance of just exercise and movement to combat anxiety, depression, yeah. Yeah. and all those things like that. And that's something that why, part of he attributed part of the, the rise today in that what we see with ADD medications, anxiety, depression, all those things on the rise is just the lack of movement we are. Yeah. I mean, you figure just big factor. 50, 50 years ago, I mean, you just had to be so much more physical and we, we don't really talk about, you know, going out and having to hunt, kill, and then prepare your dinner, uh, the, the mental Mm-hmm. benefits of that like you just don't think of that you think survival like oh i gotta go out i gotta hunt i gotta kill I gotta- not only are we not active uh, but we're also distracted all the time right mm-hmm. and and if you look because again this 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 and a lot of those the things that you're distracted by are giving like negative feedback it, too. dude totally mm-hmm. yeah Th- this documentary series really got me to do more research and mindfulness Mindfulness is the most effective natural thing you could do for anxiety. Did yeah. you know that? Mm-hmm. It's more. It's almost as effective as medication. Yeah. It's also the most effective thing you could do to improve your memory. And yeah. mindfulness, literally, this is all it is. And I finally understand it. Finally, yeah. it's literally 
being totally present. I being know what my friends. body feels like. Yeah. I know what everything's happening right now. I'm not thinking about the past or present. Try being mindful for longer than fucking 10 seconds. Right. Hard. Right, yeah. right. It's so different. And then the way that there was a monk on there that was explaining, and he's like, you just train it. Yeah. You're just exercising. You become friends with it. Yeah. You just exercise with being, exercise your mind just like your body with being present. So I, I, I'm going to really make a focus on uh, on doing that Yeah, myself. it's interesting. It, it, they're going back to the roots of it, it from uh, Buddhism, I guess, yeah. which was interesting to me. Yeah, because what, so check out one of the studies. They they had these Buddhist monks who practice mindfulness, obviously it's part of their lives or whatever. And they tested their, their how they felt pain versus uh, other people. Mm-hmm. And they felt pain just as much as other people. The difference is it caused them way less, uh, it was way less unpleasant. It caused way less stress. Yeah. Oh. So they still feel it. Not like they're blocking it out. They feel it. They just made friends with it, like, yeah. like Justin said. And it's way less unpleasant, whereas everybody else is like, it hurts, I need to avoid it, I need to distract myself, and I, I got to fight it. They recognize it, and then they can, they can still function in it, you know? Totally, wow. totally. Isn't that wild? That's super fascinating. Yeah, it's a really, really good series. Highly recommend it. Um, speaking of Buddhists, this reminded me of this uh, that's a funny article that I just read. Um, so there was a, a couple that, a uh, white couple, so husband and wife, both white, and they did uh, fertility treatments. <clears throat> so for, they did, I think, in vitro, where they take his sperm, her egg, and they fertilize it outside of the you know the mom or whatever once it's fertilized put it back in her then she has a beautiful baby because they were having trouble conceiving yeah. well they did that and the baby came out and it was asian <laughs> like full whoa yeah. somebody mixed the uh, <laughs> the little swimmers there huh? <laughs> with the baby was two the dad was like was that like a little joke? Yeah, I don't the know. Doctor's office. Like, no, hey, he didn't notice till she was two. When they were two, she was, he was like, oh, he's like, oh man, like, something's minute. going on. Yeah, like this. And that. So they did some DNA tests and they found that he wasn't the father. So then they went through the whole process or whatever. And oh my god, what do you do at that point? You've already committed. Like, I mean, you can't go. You can't do nothing about that. I think that's your kid, right? You don't yeah. give a shit at that point. You're like, I love the kid, right? But, yeah. But they, but they went and found that the the fertility clinic or whatever. I feel like it's a mixed major, it up. major yeah. lawsuit coming from that, dude. Because that's not cheap. Those things are like ten grand to do those. So you spend ten grand to get your your offspring, and you get another offspring. Yeah. I'm fucking livid. Sure, wild? I love the kid, yeah, and I'm like gonna raise Asian the, milkman somewhere. I'm gonna <laughs> raise the kid, but at the same time, too, I'm fucking pissed. Well, what wow. do you do? What do you? What kind of mindset would that put you in? You'd be mad, but then you'd be like, well. Obviously, I get, love this child. Yeah, so this is the way it was supposed to be. Obvi- yeah. I mean, I, I'm suing, and I want I want money back, and then I want an, I want another I want another kid, but I want yeah. it to be my kid this time, right? That's my DNA. <laughs> Mine this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be pissed. Oh, oh yeah, of course. I mean, that's that's unacceptable. I mean, that's, be, especially being the being the father, and you're wanting to you're wanting to pass on. Uh, I mean, for sure. I mean, I would be completely. I mean, I'm pr- I would love the child 100. Mm-hmm. percent I agree with that. But man, I, if I if I didn't have I didn't get my my kid after that, that was my yeah, DNA. How does that happen? Down? Like that that needs to be investigated. It was a mix up in the sperm. Yeah. So they had the right egg. I mean, it all looks the same kind of right. But they, <laughs> I don't know. It might be throw a label on this so, one uh, yeah. and not so you know, carrying like a tray. That's uh, what I envision. You know what I'm saying? Uh, trips. Uh, oh shit! And they get all scrambled up. Uh, You're like, oh, hold fuck. on, I gotta scrape this. This up. is yeah. Smith. This is Nguyen. <laughs> this was uh, fuck. I don't know. They got like a tray with like that holds them all. It's like ah. Yeah, that's fucked up. I'm, I'm sure he probably was like, "Did you have? Did you cheat on me?" You know what I mean? I yeah. But then again, no, because uh, she, they knew he she, he knew she got pregnant with the right, right. in vitro. So yeah, because I, I was thinking to myself, like, what if she lied? To Maybe him? she tried with a, another one of her friends. Yeah. Like, let's hurry up and get this yeah. in vitro going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> put it in me real fast because I feel like I feel like I'm gonna get pregnant this time. You know uh, yeah, <laughs> you never know. This quaz brought to you. By Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O R G A N I F I.com. And use the coupon code MindPump for 20% off at checkout. First question is from Freeman Axtell. How and when should you use cheat reps? Ooh. Oh yeah, good old Ooh. cheat reps. When should we cheat? It's been a while since we've talked about these. I, actually, I, yeah, I told that. I told Justin it's when you uh, work out with your mistress. Yeah, it's when you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> do you ever? That do you, counts. Do you ever do stuff like this? Do you ever use cheat reps? 
Are you? Um, are you? Are I don't you, consciously. Are you, are you, not a lot. Are yeah. you a cheater? I, I'm not. I don't cheat all that often. Yeah, I, I know that. That's more probably of a bodybuilder thing uh, to get the pump, you know, and to get that. Like I, pretty much full range for the most part. Uh, but every now and then, dude, if it's coming to like biceps or triceps or something like with my arms i'll do some cheat reps now arnold had it in his uh his book didn't he uh, that's where they got popular they got popular because arnold and other bodybuilders talked about um using cheat reps to get to do more reps and get the body to force the body to build muscle you know this is an interesting one because i don't i never consciously do use cheat reps but there are times when my form is looser than other times, you know what I'm saying? Where I'm, if I'm curling or I'm doing an overhead press, I'm going to use a little bit more body English to get the to get the bar to move. Um, but I never think to myself, you know, hey, today I'm going to do a cheat rep or whatever. It's definitely not a technique that I teach. Um, oh, I never cheat. Oh, this, is, it, you this is could, got, you have to be here, super good. Here's yeah. the deal: you could go the rest of your life and never use cheat reps and get phenomenal workouts, change your physique, looking however you want, and you're not missing out on like this major component. It's a cool thing. I think it's a cool tool that advanced lifters can intermittently use in their training. That sure has some value because of the amount of load that you're going to put on there. If you're cheating it up right. and using momentum. You're going to be able to do heavier weight. And do I see some value in doing that? Absolutely. I think uh, if I had to kind of guesstimate like how often I use cheat reps, I'd say uh, in, a, in a total, in a, in a year's time, maybe five workouts in the mm. year that you, uh, that I in 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 you know what are your lifts that you guys do cheat uh, reps with I I would well you I would consider well you would you consider a a push press a cheat I was cheat, just going to say do you I, consider that yeah I, I was just going to say well, it's kind I, of, I don't mm. consider them cheat reps I consider them different exercises yeah well I think that's a different focus uh well it depends on if that's like I just want to be able to get up the weight and that was the entire intent of it versus like making it a power exercise. Right. So the way that they were used back in the day, it was almost entirely applied to curls. Mm -hmm. This is where cheat reps got popular. And it's when, you know, you're doing your strict barbell curls and then the last few reps get difficult. And so you use your hips a little bit and swing the weight up a little bit yeah. to curl the bar up. That's when I usually do it. You know, um, other people will use it, you know, when doing a lateral uh, exercise, they'll use a little bit of body movement to get the, the, the dumbbells up. I don't look at them as cheat reps. I used to when I was younger because that's what I read in the magazines. But as I got older, I just realized they're different exercises. If I want to do a lateral with body movement, it's kind of like a clean. If I want to do a, a overhead press with, with some boost, it's a push press and it has its own value. So that's the way I look at them. I don't I don't like applying cheat reps to other exercises and calling them cheat reps. I think it's just a different movement. You know, if yeah. you want to do a tricep press down and you want to use more weight and you angle your body differently and flare your elbows out and you call that a cheat rep, I call that a different exercise. Is there value to it? Sure. There definitely can be a value to it, but I definitely don't think people who don't have a lot of experience and consistency I don't think they're going to benefit much from cheat reps. They have difficulty maintaining tension to begin with. A yeah. cheat rep is just going to get them – it's going to increase the risk of injury, and they don't get any value for, for that, that trade. Yeah, it, to me, it's it's way too high of risk for very low reward. You're not the, – the the person that's going to benefit the most from this is somebody who is an extremely advanced lifter that has really good mechanics already, really good body control – they they train extremely consistent all the time, and this is a nice little curveball that they could throw into a routine occasionally. Um, I see some value there. Anybody else that's that's throwing it in there, it really doesn't. There's more there's more risk, and there and there's more to lose. Even if it's not risk, like maybe you're not hurting yourself, but you're trying to do cheat reps for bicep curls, but you're cheating so much that the biceps are getting very little work. Mm -hmm. Like you need to have really good mind muscle yeah, connection. Front, you know what used to happen to me as a kid? I would do cheat curls because you know Arnold did or whatever, and my front delts would get sore. This is why yeah. <laughs> all the swinging. Yeah. This yeah. is why one of our one of our most popular videos is the video where I did the bicep curls and I taught the split stance. And it's it's one of our most popular videos because it's like 50-50. 50, you absolutely love it, see the value in training that way. And then the other 50 are the idiots that are coming in there and they're trying to explain to me uh, the, the action of the bicep and that there is some sort of shoulder flexion in there, which I understand. 
The problem is I've trained so many people in my career that I know that most people actually struggle with keeping it out of their shoulders and the front delt tends mm -hmm. to take over in a bicep curl because it's natural for the elbows to kind of roll up as you lift the bar closer to your neck. And the bicep is involved in that action a little bit. It right. is shortening the bicep a little bit. Right. But I don't see the value in it. I'll tell you what, um, better, really, really good form uh, is always the best. It really is always the best. But if you want to use movement and swinging and stuff, then start to practice more explosive exercises where – it actually makes sense to do that. Like practice a kettlebell swing or practice a high pull or a clean. Now you're using body you know, body movement, but it's a part of the exercise itself. And what are you getting from those exercises? You're building power. And how many people should we apply that to? Very little. Yeah. Very small little. population. Very small because it's very complex. And what ends up happening is if you – because here's what happens with exercises. You look at um, – you, you could take all exercises and list – the risk versus reward. And then you could also make a separate category and say, okay, when form is off, how fast does this exercise become very dangerous? Right. So some exercises like curls, eh, forms off a little bit. It's not going to be that dangerous. Uh, if you do like a, a, a deadlift, form is off a little bit. The danger factor is much right. higher. Yeah. Right. So if you do want to use cheat reps, I would say pick the exercises where your, if your form goes off, the risk of injury isn't super high. I don't think you should do cheat squats. I don't think you should do cheat, you know, deadlifts, or or even cheat, cheat bench presses or anything like that. Um, I think it's you probably would save it for a lot of the single joint exercises. Which, to be honest with you, cheat reps on single joint exercises are you going to get any real value out of that? Not very. Uh, aside from your ego, right? Not much. Next question is from PJ Cliff. I have a fairly labor intensive job that involves a lot of bending and lifting in front of me. How should I adapt my workout to fit my activity? Should I focus on pressing movements to counter the pulling I do at work, or should I just stick to a balanced routine? Ooh, Map Strong would be great for this person. Mm, yeah. Good upper back strength in that program, and there's a lot of there's rounded back lifting that's in that program, like that. But you the, do have to train. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which would be a good idea for you to train that. Your sure. best bet with uh, repetitive chronic movements, where you're doing the same kind of movement over and over again. You run the risk of having um, of, of encountering these overuse injuries. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, you know, if you're doing this kind of a job where you're bending over a lot and lifting in front of you, you run the risk of having probably lower back problems. So, I would say work on hip hinging exercises and then work on a lot of mobility. Mm -hmm. You know, and core strength. Yeah, because when you do when you do mobility movements, your imbalances kind of reveal themselves. So, you'd be doing core exercises and mobility movements for the spine mobility movements for the hips and ankles and then that should help prevent you from you know having some of these kind of overuse injuries that can occur from doing something over and over it again. is a factor too and it's good it's a good question because like sometimes people do have really rigorous jobs where they don't realize like all that stress and then adding in like a really heavy uh, workout on top of that may you know be overreaching at that point yeah versus yeah, yeah. being like beneficial to you yeah so. i had a client that did um a lot of work like this where he was he was bent over a lot and um, we had to be careful with heavy deadlifts because mm -hmm. then he couldn't do his job. Like if we did really, really heavy deadlifts and he got sore in his glutes and his back, especially his low back, if it, the muscles got sore, you know, he would come back the, you know, a few days later and be like, man, it was really hard for me to do my job. Um, and I, it was really sore and, you know, because the muscle function or your function reduces a little bit because of the soreness, his risk of injury went up. So we were very careful when we did those types of exercises because I think your your tendency or what you natural what you think may be natural is to work the muscles you're working a lot right like yeah. okay since I'm swinging a hammer a lot um, I need to exercise my forearms a lot but sometimes it's not that that's not a good idea because you're just you're you're over uh, overcoming your body's ability to 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 recover. Yeah, really, I like I like that he also addressed that right away. I mean, like, should I be doing counter movements? Should I be doing things like pressing more when I'm not doing that in my job? And I I totally think that's a that's a smart idea. Alongside that, having rotational movements and things that you know you can strengthen the patterns of you know your support system. So that way, it, you know it'll your body will function overall better, which will then make your job easier and more manageable. Yeah. I was going to say there's some value too, if just, cause if you're, if it's that labor intensive that your, your, your back is getting sore, uh, I would also be thinking about, okay, 
how am I moving throughout the day too? Like that's this is the hard part about answering these questions uh, virtually and like not seeing how somebody moves because you know part of uh, somebody being having chronic low back pain or being bothered from their their labor intense job could be like a, a movement thing. And then my routine is really kind of around like a, a Maps Prime Pro where I'm looking at you know your imbalances or I'm looking at how you hinge. And how you do bend, how you do pick things up, and I'm actually just trying to get you to learn how to move better, which then will carry over into your work. Now, if your movement is all great, and you don't, and you you know, I don't need to correct anything, then I would want to strengthen the exercises or the types of movements that you do throughout your day. So I may not stretch you like like, or I'm not I may not push you like what Sal is saying on, on deadlifts. I don't want to get you sore to where you're. But I definitely want to strength train you in 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 like deadlifts and and movements like that because the stronger you get at movements that you're going to have to perform throughout your day, the easier your your light day work is going to. Yeah, be. you know what's funny about this is that do you guys remember the first time you got a client whose job was very labor physical intensive? Yeah, I had a FedEx loading guy, the first guy that came to mind when I was listening to this. Yeah, and the reason why this is this was weird was because the vast majority of my clients were super inactive. Just because the that's the average job nowadays, especially in Silicon Valley. Yeah. So it was like it was I remember the first time I had someone was like, oh, this is going to be very different. Like for you, I'm going to have you stretch and get massage and relax and we're going to do recuperative movements. Whereas when I had the other people who were you know, working on computers all day long. I was like, yeah, we just need to imp- increase your activity yeah. constantly. Very, very different, uh, different, different approach. So to me, when I, when I think of like how I would, with what we have, right. Cause we're dealing with this all virtually. I don't have this person in front of me. To me, I see a lot of value with this person owning like a map strong and owning a prime pro. Yeah. And I would weave in and out map strong. I think does a lot of like upper back strength and a lot of hinging front rounded stuff where you'd be carrying loading. So that program, as far as the training, great at strengthening and supporting somebody who's doing a job with this. Now where you have to be able to come in as your own coach and know that if you had a crazy loaded week of work and your, your low back is killing you and fried, I wouldn't be following what, what maybe map strong says for that day. Maybe that day I'm working out of maps prime pro and I'm addressing my hips and opening up my shoulders and I'm doing things like that to support what I just did. So, you know, that's where even, even as great as we've done as far as creating all these great programs where you have to learn to customize things for each individual and whatever they're doing, somebody like this, you know, some days maybe he can get after it in the weight room and, and really strength train hard, but other days maybe it was a really labor intense day and he's fried and that day he might be living more in prime pro. Mm-hmm. You know what also is good for these people is uh, deep tissue massage, but if that's too expensive or difficult, foam roll. This would be a case where I'd say foam roll at the end of the day, every single day. I did that for my dad. My dad, you know, he worked hard labor and he doesn't do it anymore. But when he did, uh, I got him a foam roller. I taught him how to use the foam roller mm-hmm. and it made a huge difference for him. He felt because, you know, after working all day long like that, things get really, really tight and the foam roller does a good job of kind of loosening things up so you can get good sleep and then go back to work the next day. Next question is from Captain Jake Spara. As a collegiate track and field athlete, one of my coaches told us not to have sex or masturbate at least five days before a competition (laughs) because it would keep our testosterone high, which would help us perform better. Is there truth to this? This is the old old, myth. It is an old wise tale, isn't it? It, it, You know what's funny about this? I know people that still- Dude, that was told to me even when I was in football. You guys want to know what's what's funny about this? So so, uh, there are no studies to support uh, that you'll perform better if you don't have sex or don't masturbate. Essentially, don't ejaculate, you know, for a week or whatever. Boxers would you don't do have it for, to make it so dirty. Yeah, so. Boxers would do it for longer. Boxers would go months uh, without any of that um, before. A fight. Oh, I had a, I had a buddy like in football season, like when he, once season started, like he yeah yeah just no girlfriend. Yeah, like, I'm wow. yeah, good looking dude too. That was me just, too. Just no, yeah. Just, were you that just way too? Crushing people. I was not like going out, interested in girls. Nothing. I was like super focused. You weren't even. You weren't even handling. Save it all stuff? for the boys. Oh, just, yeah, I'm coming out in the field like angry. Yeah, there's. <laughs> there, I don't know. There's something to it though. I mean, it's like it, 
it is it is like a little more aggression that you sort of keep in store and and obviously this is anecdotal like crazy there's no science behind it but uh yeah the more i would like hold out the more like aggressive and that's crazy why i, I find that it's- Do you have any accidents on the football field <laughs> oh, oh there's a puddle over there right? oh, no. No. there no, has to be like there has to be some sort of value to that there actually is okay so i was gonna say what's funny about this is studies show that if a man does not ejaculate his testosterone levels will climb here's the caveat after a certain period of time i don't remember what the length of period of time is i think it's I want to say three weeks, two or two or three weeks or four weeks, the spike of testosterone declines and then they start to go down in testosterone. Testosterone starts to lower. Now this makes perfect sense because if you're not uh, if you're not ejaculating, right? If you're not putting out your your seed, your body thinks, uh oh, we need to ramp up the signal to motivate this person to spread their DNA. Mm. And so at first your testosterone goes up, but then after a while your body's probably like, well, nothing's happening. Right. This person must well, be a let's pariah. Let's regulate now. Let's bring everything uh, down and down. Now, this is the same thing with, with, with fasting. You'll notice when you fast, your appetite, at first you're hungry, and then your appetite goes away. Mm-hmm. But if you fast long enough, appetite comes back really, really strong. It's an adaptive uh, process. So it drops. Intermittent masturbating. Yeah, the, be a the, thing. your appetite will drop to keep you, to keep you, you know, to keep you focused. New guide for salad, yeah, right? T- yeah, it's what about <laughs> yeah. how to raise your testosterone without <laughs> <laughs> pictures of <laughs> Justin's feet? <laughs> Just look at these. <laughs> the ultimate deterrent. It'll prevent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there is some value in it with the testosterone. Now, as far as increasing, uh, improving performance, there's no studies to support performance increase. But there are studies that show a testosterone increase. Well, if you, the testosterone's increase, and hmm. which could what correlate to somewhat of aggression and energy, possibly. I yeah. mean, come on. I mean, I feel like I feel like you're more motivated to get out there. And, I mean, and, there's some angst. You right. Know what I mean, yeah. like, ah! yeah. Like, I think it's, it's real. I think part of it too is just the distraction, right? Like the coaches are like, you're not gonna, if you're not thinking about sex or you're not having sex, you're probably not going out much. There's probably a lot not partying. You know, you're going yeah. to bed early. You're very focused. Yeah, yeah. So you're probably more focused. I know that's why boxers. They used to say that sex weakens the knees in boxing. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Weakens the knees. So I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm with coach then, man. Yeah, don't I, masturbate yeah. for five days. I don't know, man. How do you guys feel when you're not when you haven't done anything for like a week? Uh, energized. <laughs> I get angry. Like very motivated. <laughs> Super I'm like motivated. Which <laughs> is probably good for the sports, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Take it be. out on the field or the we track. Should, we should try it before a podcast, see if we do better podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> you can do that. Next question is from Kyle Grego. What are your thoughts on chiropractors? Do regular adjustments help with improving mobility? Depends we, how they're used. I, You know what? Mm-hmm. I used to I used to hate chiropractors for a long time. And that was a total overgeneralization because- in my experience, all the ones that I had spent time with, I just wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with. They were all the whack'em, crack'em ones. Yeah, especially. Now, remember, I've been doing this now for almost two decades. So, 10, 15 years ago, uh, the type of chiropractors that I was meeting compared to what I've met now is like night and day difference. I mean, when you look at the Dr. Brink, Dr. Shallows, I mean, these guys, the the information that they're putting out, I know the Move You guys, I believe, are also chiropractic doctors too. The, the, we, and I don't know when this transition happened for them. This would be great to actually to ask Dr. Brink when, the, when this started to happen. But at one point, they started to kind of move away from the, only those types of doctors. And a lot of this, this newer breed that's coming through, in fact, I was at my high school reunion, one of the, one of the girls that I went to high school with, became a chiropractor and the very first thing I asked her is like, Oh, are you are you big on adjustments? And she's like, No, no. She does all more movement focused. Movement and self myofascial release. Like that's great. And just you used to not hear that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean chiropractors were uh, what the the old school way and the ones used to come through my gym, it was they used to do an assessment. Back then they had either the the poles with the strings that were across and they would they would assess you by Moving them around and showing you your oh your shoulders elevated by one inch here your hips you know one you know uh, elevated or depressed over here like and then they would they would basically adjust and crack you and say oh look we fixed yeah. you there and then you would see or or you'd see like the ones that are digital later on well that I am not a fan of, and especially when you do an adjustment 
and there's no there's no prescription of what to do afterward. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, yeah, there's super- no there's no fixing the room. Yeah, they want you to come back so they can give you temporary relief again. I mean, this was my experience, even like because I I took a lot of damage from uh, football where like I had ribs out and things, and they would actually help a lot because it it was like restricting my breathing on some level, and I had pain, and so it's like they could adjust my my rib to to be set back, and but then it would, the the pain would would be worse a lot of times, and like I didn't really have like any kind of like strengthening protocol or anything I could do, which was frustrating. Well, the science supports chiropractic adjustments for certain kinds of pain relief. Um, That's why it's covered by insurance. Studies do support that it does provide pain relief. I believe it does. I've I've experienced it myself. I've had situations where I've hurt myself, got an adjustment, and had a 70% reduction in pain immediately after uh, the adjustment. So that, and as far as that's concerned, it definitely works. The problem is if you just do adjustments then you're not really solving the root cause. It's just like foam rolling or other type of tools where you you get things out of the way, things feel better for a second, but yeah. you don't fix why that was happening in the first place. And so you have to continue to get adjusted you know, week in and week out. Um, Dr. Shallow actually explained this quite well. So there are lots of small joints in areas of the body that are very difficult to articulate. And so what ends up happening is for whatever reason, let's say you have poor mobility, uh, overuse or maybe you have an injury, some of those small joints and uh, what areas freeze up because the muscles in between them tighten and tense up. This is the body's way of protecting itself. So if you hurt a, a joint, even especially if it's a small joint, the surrounding muscles seize up and tighten to prevent it from moving. Mm-hmm. This is, again, your body's way attempt at, at making it, uh, keeping it from getting any more hurt. The problem is that itself then causes pain. So now you've got these joints that don't want to articulate, muscles around them that are really, really tight, and it just hurts. And so what an adjustment will do is quickly articulate, move those joints, get those muscles to stretch a little bit, and then you feel that immediate relief. It's just like when you have a client with a tight piriformis muscle on their hip. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my hip bothers me. And then you have them do a hip stretch, and they stand up, and they're like, oh, my God, it feels so much better. All we did is send a signal to the central nervous system that told the CNS, hey, this muscle doesn't need to be tense. Right. It can relax a little bit. That takes away the pain. But if we don't fix why the person's hip got to that point in the first place, the odds that it'll get back there are, are, are quite high. Oh, yeah, to unlock the joint's potential and to show that you could still do the movement, you know, relatively safely and like train, you know, immediately after that and like try and repattern those movements is then it's beneficial. It's like I just helped to guide you back into, you know, right. Therapy. And so what makes things go back in alignment is that they they articulate these joints. CNS gets the signal. Cool, we could back off a little bit. Now the tight muscles loosen up and things kind of balance out again. But again, if your movement, if your daily movement caused that to happen in the first place, or whatever you're doing caused that to happen in the first place, and you keep doing it, what do you think yeah. is going to happen? Yep, it's going to go right back. You're going right back to, to square one. So A real easy way to tell if you have a good chiropractor or not is, is if they do or do not prescribe work for you to do outside of the adjustment or do exercises with you yes yeah. well yeah or yeah. That. i mean same difference i mean right? dr if, brink's office is mostly like an exercise room yeah i yeah. mean that's how he won me over in the first place is when i came in to see him we never once even i i didn't lay on dr brink's uh table adjustment table for like a year and a half of of knowing him well and a lot of it's the patient's fault right like they want i want that like even me going in and i had hip problems i want kind of wanted him to just crack and give me that relief and he's like do these you know really uncomfortable movement drills and i'm like <laughs> ah like flipping them off you know as i'm doing it but right. it was way better that he had that approach yeah right. and it, it, i'm glad that it's changing there was a period there where and i'm sure there's a lot of chiropractors that still do this i don't remember what method it was but there was this it was popular where chiropractors were learning how to maximize their revenue. And one of the ways that they were maximizing the revenue, and it became this like, they actually gave it a name. It was like a, a way of doing this, this of adjusting people. Yeah, it was like a 15-minute protocol of cracking. The, and the they, neck, the shoulder, the spine, they would yeah. do this. Like, yeah, it's they, like a conveyor belt. They're just getting everybody well, they would, they would, Yeah, they would actually have multiple beds lined up or have clients and patients in four different rooms yeah. crack this one crack that one go boop 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 and now you're seeing five or six patients 
in an hour versus one per hour. Yeah. That's when I think shit started to get go a little a little south for me. Oh yeah, all you have to do is I mean, we know what common I mean, what 80% of the population suffer from upper cross syndrome and lower cross syndrome. So if you understand what that is and you know what areas like a, a, a chiropractic adjustment would relieve those things, it's like you're almost guaranteed to help everybody real quick just by popping all of them in place mm-hmm. and they come out and they're like, oh, wow, they can yeah. open their chest just up. all stacking everything so it's yeah. nice and aligned. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. if you just hit everybody with those those four or five those four or five adjustments, everybody will walk out feeling better than what mm-hmm. they did when they walked in. And then that sells everybody on this belief that they need to have this chiropractor every single week. But in reality... The reason why they have upper cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome, is they have these tight muscles that are pulling and rounding the body into that position, and they're not addressing the imbalances through corrective exercises. And that was what I always tell clients that were in love with their chiropractors is, hey, I'm I'm okay with the chiropractor working alongside with us, but we should be communicating mm-hmm. like what he's adjusting and what he's trying to work on with you, and then I should be getting things from him that are telling me, we should be doing these exercises, these stretches when you're coming in to see me. If he's not giving you that, he's fucking worthless. He That's how I- and, and you also cannot write off uh, a, the powerful placebo effect. Okay, so l- let me explain for a second. When they do studies on the placebo, first of all, we know the placebo effect is real, but the most powerful placebo effects have the addition of something, uh, of some kind of a signal or something actually happened. For example, if you do a fake surgery, but you actually cut the, 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 the body part open and then sew it back up, but don't actually do anything in, inside the joint. The placebo effect is way more powerful because the, the person who's getting the placebo effect has a stronger belief because, oh, I do have stitches. Right. So now you go to There's a chiropractor. A yeah, you go to a chiropractor and you, he moves you or she moves you and you hear pop, 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 pop. Yeah. So the, 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 the odds of a placebo effect, yeah. yes, the odds of a placebo effect being more powerful in that situation are far, far, far higher. The other thing that really annoys me about some chiropractors, and luckily they're few and far between, are the ones that say they can cure everything. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, adjustments. The cure. common colds yes. and everything else, huh? Yeah, and what they say is that, oh, if the central nervous system is operating optimally, then your body cures itself. And so if you have a cold, come get an adjustment. If you have a flu, come get an adjustment. If you're depressed, come get an adjustment. I've had people say- Take these supplements like out the door. Yeah, no. There's a lot of that. No, the good ones do- some adjustments, but mostly movement. And that's what we've seen so far with the, the two that we respect the most, Dr. Brink and Dr. Shallow. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. You can also find us on Instagram. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal, Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and Justin at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.